The Pixel Hearts would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land where each member has recorded this episode. The Gadigal people of the Aura Nation, the Wadawarung, the Bunurong, and the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. The team would like to pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging, and recognise the sovereignty was never ceded. This continent always was and always will be Aboriginal land. the pixel hearts my name is cameron and i feel like if i lost a lot of weight i'd look like waluigi <laughs> i can't follow up with that my name is Taya, uh and i look uh, i aspire to look like mario perhaps with a mustache as good as cameron's my name is Faye, and i'll never live down the one packs that i cosplayed as bowser um hi i'm ella and my first sex dream was about sephiroth and we are a team of romantic gamers who want to help you achieve a play of the game in your love life. And this week uh, on the episode, we're talking about uh, whether it's important to have people who have the same interests of you, or if you can find love without the same interests. So we have this question from a listener. Hi, Pixel Hearts. Is it best to find a partner who already shares your geeky interests, or to introduce an interested partner to the hobbies and media you love? All right. So like this one's, it's especially in the modern world where hobbies make up a lot of people's like personalities. This is a pretty like significant uh, question. And I personally, I like I've had uh, relationships in both sides of this question. Um, and they've definitely felt very differently about it. Uh, what about you guys? Have you guys ever had relationships? uh that weren't tied into that interest of gaming definitely um like look you know uh i i think it's it's healthy to find partners and relationships wherever you can and with whatever people you click with um but yeah it's nice to sort of either share something with them or or grow something uh in an interest with them so yeah i'm, I'm also just both sides as well i've primarily been in relationships with people that have shared common interests but I personally don't feel like it is the most important thing in a relationship and I have quite a few thoughts and feelings on this that we'll unpack a little bit later. Personally I feel like uh, being a internet person with a heavy focus on gaming uh, there's a certain level of cringe in myself that I feel that they have to be able to accept and if we don't have that shared gaming connection then they won't have the same level of cringe. And that's where the imbalance forms. So what you're looking for is cringe. You're like, I just need that cringe in my life at all times. Oh, no. Other people are just like, my partner's a nine, I'm an eight, we're, we're about right. But for you, it's levels of cringe. It's very important, right? If you're sitting there and you try and tell them a joke and their like, understanding of cringe doesn't completely mean that they can understand the joke you're telling and they look at you blankly that's a moment of panic in any relationship right Do you have like a cringe scale that you use to measure people against the level of cringe that you require uh it's mainly saying things out loud and then seeing how much of a fool it looks like when they hear <laughs> it that's kind of my trick and then you open your little diary and you've got a little bar next to people's names and you either like you fill in the bar for the level of cringe you think they're at. So you can be like, okay, we're about this level of cringe. So I can definitely, you know, reference, um, you know, 
uh, Bowsette and the uh, terrible uh, internet um, pornography of her. But I can't reference... Um, wow, I'm so cringe. I can't even get even any further than that. What's worse than Bowsette porn? Oh, oh. Right now, oh. I'm just thinking about... I can think of a lot of things, but I'm not going to say them out loud on this podcast. My trap was foiled. I was going to get you cancelled. Episode two. Uh <laughs> You are talking someone who burst into a classroom last week with a cube of tungsten just because of a meme they saw that they had then purchased a cube of tungsten to make a very elaborate joke about to which two thirds of the class stared at me blankly. But those one third, they were my people. I'm imagining it now. We're not going to get into how the crazy hot scale is like a bit gross, but I'm imagining that mm. scale, but it's like hotness versus cringe. <laughs> <laughs> I so it's it's like an x and y axis that as yeah. long as it's one to one it's fine but the hotter you are the cringer you have to be and i think that that's that's good that's healthy i think i think so too um, <laughs> if you can find someone who's like crazy hot and also cringe like good job yeah absolutely the dream you you make me you make me cry on the inside but also kind of hot so <laughs> i guess just to jump us back all right with regards to interests or cringe can someone be onboarded can they be pulled up into that sort of stuff? Uh, whether it's cringe, whether it's games, like can you, you know, bring a partner into it? And what what are your experiences, Cameron? You've got a look on your face that says I've got something to say. So I come from a history. So right now I am, you know, I've been married to my husband for a really long time. Humble brag. Um, and <laughs> like one of the key things that made our relationship work so well at the very beginning was that shared interest in gaming, and that comes from like. These days, okay, I'm going to show my age. Back when I first was dating back in the day, um, <laughs> gaming was not really popular within um, gay communities, especially gay male communities. It was nerdy and it wasn't hot. You needed to be hot like you're on an episode of Queer as Folk or something like that. And, you know, nerds weren't hot. So saying that you're into gaming was really not a popular space to be in. It would come up quite a lot of people would just kind of lose interest in your interest and they wouldn't want to like relate to you outside of anything other than a kind of physical space. So I was in a relationship for about like mm, two years. And in that time, he had a mild interest in gaming, but he off he often made me feel like my interest in gaming was very weird. And he'd also try to posit that I needed to kind of choose between him and gaming and he didn't want to be part of that and it often you know created so many problems which then to then go from that when that kind of fell apart into my relationship with my now husband who the first time i stayed at his house i was playing on his wii um <laughs> and this is like the wii had just come out that's dating this like it was brand new i'd never seen a wii this is my first time playing with one and he <laughs> sorry okay can you get it out of your systems now. I know what you're all thinking. I know what you're all thinking. I'm, I'm fine. I apologize. I was in there playing with his Wii. There, we good? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he had gone out to like grab us lunch down the street or something. And I had booted it up. I was like, I've never played with, with this before. This is really cool. So I was having a bit of a play. And then he came home and I immediately was like, oh, I'll turn this off. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, I'll, I'll stop playing. And he just went, no, no, we'll play together and sat down and started playing with me. And my brain like almost short circuited because I'd just come from a relationship where it was like, you need to choose me or gaming. And I chose oh. gaming in the end. Oh. So it was always helpful to have that point of our relationship where suddenly I could let out a 
huge side of you know my history i was able to properly embrace being a gamer without being embarrassed especially in gay spaces and now these days gays love gaming they're obsessed with it like it's the best absolutely so it's just been that kind of weird kind of social background to it as well for the kind of demographic that i fit into you know one thing that I find really fascinating about this is that I really enjoy sharing interests with a partner, especially things like gaming, because being a game developer, it's a really big part of my life in every capacity from playing to making games. But one thing that I might experience more as a woman dating straight cis men at times is that I think a lot of men get very excited about the idea of dating a, you know, quote unquote, gamer girl. But then when they're actually in a relationship with one, the reality is a little bit different from the fantasy of it. And I'm a very competitive person and I'm very driven and I'm very ambitious. And if I'm better at games than my, you know, straight cis male partners in the past, there've been times where they can get very angry with me and try and put me down and become very passive aggressive and nasty about it because they expect to be much better at something. And so the reality of me does not stack up against the fantasy of a gamer girl or the fantasy of me. So I find it quite difficult to navigate that. And it's something that really opened my eyes to the fact that I'm very, very happy in relationships where I don't share interests with my partner. And sometimes I actually prefer that just to avoid some of that toxicity. And I'm lucky enough to now be in a relationship with a man who shares similar interests, but is very happy to admit when I am better than him at games and at certain things and it's a really lovely environment and that's great but I also think that shared values more so than shared interests are more important to the backbone of a relationship and to what's actually going to make something work long term also because you can pick up new interests if your partner has different interests and if they're open-minded and good people and they love you over time you can introduce them to your own and it can become something that you share together as well. So I uh, I think that it's incredibly healthy um, in a- any sort of relationship to take an interest in in um, you know the the interests of the other person right and and to do so in a way that's like accommodating and, and nurturing um, and yeah look whether that's gaming an, an example I can think of is um, you know uh, my partner was really into window shopping so I uh, I was not very good at it at all so I. I I talked with my uh, with my other partners, and and they decided they'd help me practice window shopping, and I got really good at it. Um, and <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's just like making a small effort like that. Um, so, you know, in the same way, uh, when you ask yourself about, you know, um, should I find someone who already has those interests? You could also, you know, turn the flip side and say, well, what are the interests that I can get into of theirs? Um, and if I'm going to sort of, you know, these are my interests, how do I bring them on board? Um, so a good question you can also ask yourself here is if I'm in love with someone who doesn't know anything about games, isn't a gamer, doesn't have the literacy, what can I do to sort of, you know, bring them into it, bring it, bring them into the community, bring them into the hobby? And um, yeah, there's lots of lots of interesting entry points that I'm sure you can find that makes your hobby accessible and your your genre is accessible too. I actually really like that point about making sure that it's a sharing back and forth. Like if you're trying to bring them into your interests, you should be happy to take on some of their interests. But one of the things that I wanted to mention quickly from a poly situation, 
when everyone in a polycule shares the exact same interests, it actually becomes really hard to have one-on-one -on -one time with another person in the polycule because you're like, oh, we're going to sit down and we're going to play some competitive Pokemon. And then every other member of the group is like, but I want to do that as well. And so it becomes quite difficult to separate that into smaller groups. So I would say that there is something really nice about the idea of having uh, specific kind of segmented interests that you and a partner share that don't have to be the be-all and every um, end all of that relationship. Like, that oh, can be really sweet. Absolutely. I play team sports now. How did that happen? I know, yeah. That's ridiculous, I've right? slipped and I've played a netball. What? That's it, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I play team sports. My partner's like... We can play netball together. I'm like, oh, what is happening? How has this happened? I'm a gamer. Like, what do you mean, team sports? Anyway, thank you for listening to my woes. <laughs> I love picking up team sports. All these balls flying right at my face. Oh, God. <laughs> I couldn't. Those I couldn't. We, now with the balls. <laughs> it's, it's all in good, wholesome fun with Cameron, always. The oh, most wholesome. Only no. <laughs> Why um, are we still doing this? I think, uh, I think the... Um, the most important thing, though, to find a relationship is someone who's not going to go the opposite direction based on your interests. You don't want to be with someone who's going to judge or, um, you know, belittle your interests. They don't need to understand why you love it, but they need to understand that it brings you joy. And if you if they can't do that, that relationship is, you know, dead on arrival. Like I would go even one step further than that, and I would say that it's not just that they accept your interests, but you want your partner to be a cheerleader no matter what your interests are. And you want to be a cheerleader for your partner no matter what their interests are. Even if you're not particularly interested, there's nothing that's wrong or should stop you from like really advocating for your partner and being excited for what makes them happy and going that step further from just like, okay, you do your thing to, I don't like soccer. I still go and watch all of my partner's final matches and woo girl like crazy because it's important to him and I want him to feel valued. And I'd expect him to do it. And I, he does do it, obviously. But every time I release a game, I'm like, hey, take me out for a nice dinner to celebrate. You know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Pixel hearts say, stand by your gamer. Exactly. Keep it, you know, take care of each other. And that's all you really need to worry about in this. Um, but that's all the time we've had time. That's all the time we've had time for. That's a good start there. That is all the time we have for that one. Um, we hope that answered your question about whether interests can be shared in a relationship before meeting or you learn them during it. Um, for all of our links, and if you need the Pixel Hearts to help troubleshoot your love life, head to our link tree in the show notes. But until next time, be kind to each other. Thank you.